piece of, oh sorry hello and welcome to the gym this bi-weekly podcast is about the many and varied schemes of the many and varied u.s law enforcement and intelligence agencies organizations and committees and how they are stupid and funny join us on our merry journey through space and time hi my name is barry you might know me as the winner of the student with the highest potential award from my high school in 1992. how, how did that pan out I still have that potential. <laughs> As always. Uh, hi, hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Seamus. Uh, you may know me from the Alcoholics Guide to How to Dodge Interventions. Dodge <laughs> Interventions. Well, you might not know this, but uh, you think uh, this is a podcast, but all, all of us here, we love you, Seamus. And we, <laughs> Fuck. You're, you're, doing, <laughs> you're doing damage to your friends and your loved ones. <laughs> We're not here to talk about your uh, your your uh, substance abuse issues. Uh, we're here to talk about Acoustic Kitty, right? Yep. Which is not a name of a band, but it, it should, should be. be. Yes. Mm. Top uh, names that have yet to be taken for uh, all girl rock bands: Ripley yeah. and Acoustic Kitty. Ripley, that's a good one too. Yeah. Um, the nineteen sixties. Uh, the nineteen sixties gave us, mainly in the form of six James Bond movies, a perhaps unreasonable impression of what spy equipment looks like. Garrots hidden in watches, cyanide cigarettes, pen bombs, dagger shoes, tear gas parking meters, and so on. But the stuff the real CIA was getting up to in the real life was not any less far-fetched. One of these mad operations was Acoustic Kitty, a genuine attempt to train cats to be field agents. Now, Acoustic okay. Kitty... What? Okay. Well... We'll see how okay it is. Acoustic Kitty was one of the many ideas of varying stupidity cooked up by the CIA Directorate of Science and Technology, which was established in 1965 as a continuation of various previous research projects. It was basically Q Division. Mm. Now it's called the Office of Technical Services, which you might remember from our inaugural episode, which explains the name of our show, The Jib. And you yep. should definitely check that out, not now, but you should definitely check that out at some point. It, it, um, all this will make much more sense. Maybe. Yes. During our last uh, podcast, also, uh, someone made the very valid observation that I talk too fast. So I'm going to try and make myself a little bit more comprehensible. I understand I also have a very flat Irish accent, so I'm going to do the best I can, right? What? A flat Irish accent? As a flat to... Irish accent, yeah. That means it's not. Well, Irish accents come in different varieties. Uh, mine is pretty flat. As opposed to like that cadence? The well, the Cork people be like this. Cork people talk like this. Yeah. And Kerry people talk like this. Dublin people talk like this, but mine is kind of a, a flat sort of an accent. Gotcha. It would be difficult to kind of pin me down, I think, to a county, but not impossible. Hmm. Right. Well, if you hear me speak in Irish, you'd know because all the Irish I speak is from my particular corner of the country. <laughs> ah, yes, monster Irish. Um, but anyway, animals in the CIA. What would make people think that any of this is a good idea in the first place? The big name in what he called operant conditioning is B.F. Skinner, mm. whose experiments kicked off a whole school of psychology dedicated to proving him wrong. Uh, and we have a picture of operant conditioning, don't we? The oh. basic run of it. Apologies, apologies. I'm slow today. This is this is operant. I, I, I'm still thrown off by the fact that this is going to be an intervention at some point. So. Well, <laughs> you know, buckle in. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so th this thing here is so awful. And psychologists hate it so much that it kicked off a whole school of different schools of psychology just dedicated to proving him wrong. And that's essentially what happened with Sigmund Freud as well. Sigmund Freud right. was so influential that it kicked off a whole bunch of psychologists who were so annoyed with the bullshit he was coming out with 
that it, he is in many ways responsible for inventing psychology just by how many psychologists hated him. Uh, most psychologists. His nephew was a dick too. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, in unconnected news, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. His, you mean you talking about um? Freud's uh, nephew. Which one? Clement or? Can't remember his name. He's the one who basically invented propaganda and the. Oh, not that one. Okay, yeah. There's yeah. another one who was inv involved in um, inappropriate sexual oh, conduct yeah. with, I guess, underage girls. Um, yeah. Most psychologists hate Skinner for all sorts of reasons. One is that he gave psychology a bad name as the study of rats running around mazes. You know that thing about... Yeah. Yeah, that's basically people... Uh, that's just Skinner. That's not what psychologists do. Um, another is that he separated out one element of human behavior, meaning how you condition people, and claimed that was the key to the whole thing, which of course it's not, when the reality is much more complicated. And in any case, he, he didn't do any experiments with people at all, but he still, he, he only did experiments with rats and pigeons and things. But he still- That's close enough, I mean. Well, he just said, look, this is, if I can condition a rat to go get the cheese in this maze, that means I can condition a person to do anything. It's such a leap. Um, uh, but he felt very comfortable claiming things like humans have no free will. Now, I, I oh. also humans have no free will, but not because Skinner said it. All right. But what he did do, though, was uh, construct the first psychological experiments to give quantitatively repeatable and predictable results, which means he contributed a lot towards making psychology a proper science. In the, and there's still STEM people, science, technology, engineering, maths. Right. There's still uh, STEM people who don't regard psychology as a real science and think it's just something that universities do to give something, women something to do, you know, at third level. Um, it's not true, of course, but that's what the STEM people think. Correct. Skinner demonstrated that uh, animals could be trained fairly easily to do anything of their own free will, of their own free will, meaning nothing, of course. During World War II, Skinner attempted to develop a pigeon-controlled guided bomb in what was called Project Pigeon. He was funded by the <laughs> National... <laughs> boy, boy, they really stretched that name. <laughs> well, I mean, some of these names, of that, yeah. the, the, the takeover of Guatemala was called PB Success. Um, the the invention of Al Qaeda was called Operation Cyclone, which is at least some imagination. This yeah, is just Project was, Pigeon. Yeah, it gave a little bit of you know up to it, but yeah, know, this uh, is just Project Pigeon. Yeah. Uh, he was funded by the National Defense Research Committee. Oh, I mean, yeah, you know what? It wasn't the CIA, so maybe that's the problem. Get the CIA to uh, name your operations, right? Right. That's what that's what they're good at, really. Is yeah. good <laughs> names. Good name. <laughs> yeah. um, well, another um, another one with the Iranian coup in 1953 was called Operation Ajax. Ajax, because Acme was already taken. <laughs> if, if the National Defense Research Committee named it, they'd call it Operation Iran. Right. Uh, this committee had no faith in the project at all and seemingly gave him $25,000 just to keep him quiet. Skinner, who had some success with the training, complained, our problem is that no one would take us seriously, right? This is a problem that will continue throughout this podcast. Don't, don't you wish up. somebody would pay you $25,000 to keep you quiet about something? I mean, what the hell? Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, he what also, the hell? He also got to do what he loved, which was yeah. uh, making animals do things they don't want to do of their own free will. Like, you can, yeah. the, the, idea, the idea of operant conditioning is you can force people to do things by pointing a gun at them, right? Right. Well, we figured out a way to get animals to do things without having to force them at all. And it's, this is how they do it. This is what's on the screen. I'm pointing at the screen nobody else can see because I'm seeing it. That's how you do it. So um, that is, I mean, that's something, I guess. And that, that only works with people, like, to a certain level. What it is good for, I guess, is if you're aware of what you're doing and you're rewarding yourself for good behavior or you're punishing yourself for bad behavior, it can, it can work. You can condition yourself. But if somebody else does it, it just turn, it, it creates cognitive dissonance and you get angry and so on. So um, you're saying 
and them giving him $25,000 wasn't a good way of proving conditioning. Well, no, because Pigeons, um, he got some results. Him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. He got some results. You know the joke about Pavlov and the dogs? Yeah. And like the joke is that when he tried it with cats, this is an Eddie Izzard joke, by the way, when he tried it with the cats, the cats were like, man, he said, it's took, taken us weeks, but eventually we trained this stupid scientist, you know? Great. <laughs> 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 yeah. We're going to hear more about cats later on. Uh, the Project uh, Pigeon uh, program was cancelled in 1944, so it was cancelled before the war was. Uh, Project Pigeon was never put into action, but two of Skinner's graduate students, a married couple called Keller and Marion Brayland, took the idea corporate because we're Americans. <laughs> in 1947, they set up a company called ABE to train animals for county fairs, TV commercials, and so on. They also had several like serious papers published in scientific journals on animal behavior. Mm. One day they were invited to China Lake in California, a Navy weapons research station, the largest facility the US Navy operates. And China Lake is still there. You can go out to see it if you want in the desert. Despite being called China Lake, and despite being a massive Navy facility, it's in the middle of the Mojave Desert with nothing but <laughs> dust and rocks as far as the eye can see in every direction. The near, it's, it's, it's just tacked onto a town called Ridgecrest. And I've been to Ridgecrest, and it is desolate. Okay. <laughs> it's like, you know, the, the, the Californians make jokes about a town called Bakersfield being desolate and so on. Well, Ridgecrest is another level. So um, it's kind of like the, the area where they'd film where the, uh, the hills have eyes kind of areas, I would say. Yeah, or where they film the alien planets in Star Trek, you know, those kind of places. Right. Mm. So it's Tatooine. It's Tatooine. There you go. Now, the man who invited them to China Lake was Bob Bailey. Hey, Bob. Bailey was the, hey, Bob. Bob Bailey was the director of training for the Navy's new dolphin program, which was supposed to train dolphins to detect submarines and sea mines, etc. He hired the Braylands as consultants to the program, which he eventually got bored with because the suits kept asking him to crack the dolphin language, which makes no sense even in theory. That's not how any mm -hmm. animal training thing works. You don't, you don't work out their language. You just do this thing that Skinner spoke about, operant conditioning. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm not... I know it looks like I'm reading from a script right now and that I lost my place in the script, but that's not what's happening at all. <laughs> no, no, okay? no, no. Yeah. Uh, in 1965, Bailey left China Lake to join Keller and Marion Brayland at ABE. And by now, ABE had a staff of 50 and files full of information on how to train different animals to do different things. You want a macaw to ride a bicycle, says Bailey. They'd ask, was it for cockatoos or macaws? It's different. Okay, so now this, these people know how to train all the different kind of animals to do all sorts of different things. I'm talking too fast again, sorry. While with ABE, Bailey developed what he called the bird brain, a method of training a chicken to play tic-tac-toe, which is what we call X's and O's where I live, with a human. This diversion eventually spun itself into a CIA project to train ravens as intelligence assets. Oh, that's how they did it on uh, Game of Thrones then, right? Maybe. Yeah, okay. Um, the raven operates alone and does it very well alone, said Bailey. These things could pick up weights, heavy packages, and even file folders. They could also, he says, be trained to open drawers. Handy. One of their main mission deployments was delivering electronic surveillance equipment to areas humans would find hard to reach, or at least hard to reach undetected. Animals can go places people can't, said Robert Wallace, head of the CIA's Office of Technical Service in the 1990s, who, again, you will have heard of before. And yeah. ultimately, no one cares what a raven is doing. Yeah. Apart from all this, the U.S. Army Limited Warfare Department, and we're going to see how limited the warfare was in a second, was funding research on weaponizing insects in 1972. 
They went through bedbugs, ticks, and lice before settling on mosquitoes as their best bet. Apparently, any mosquito will fly at the approach of a host, and so could be used to detect the approach of people during darkness. Well, now, just, turn, just turn a light on. That's Oh, the light. Have we cracked yeah. the code? We've, we've cracked the code. We didn't even okay. know all that we research. Should telephone the U.S. Army Limited Warfare yeah. Department immediately and say we have invented your system. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, Barry, uh, yeah. Barry, it's time for an ad. An ad? Yeah. I haven't said anything about the Acoustic Kitty Project yet. I know it's perfect time, so you know, won't break into any of that, and that's you know, okay. when they wanted this. So all right, all right, all right, all right. I just do what they told me to just do. Just read the ad. All right, all right, all right. Hello, are you tired of seeing your feline friend lured into the clutches of communism? Do you find yourself concerned that your cuddly companion is being brainwashed by the prevailing ideology no, no, of collectivism? No. Imagine a world where your cats reject collectivism and embrace the spirit of entrepreneurship. Well, fret no more. Introducing the revolutionary Red Buster Cat Food. Yay. I've done my own effect. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> Red, Red Buster Cat Food is specially crafted with a secret recipe that's more powerful than any manifesto. Packed with the finest ingredients, Red Buster Cat Food ensures your cat will be too busy devouring anti-communist kibbles to even think about joining a meow revolution. No, no, no. Chairman meow. <laughs> this, this nutritious plant of capitalism crunchies and fever-filled flavor will awaken the tiger in your little kitty, unleashing an unstoppable hungry for liberty and a deep desire to claw away the iron paws of capitalism. With our revolutionary formula, Red Buster empowers your feline companion to embrace the free market, ensuring they reject the meow Marxist temptations. With the Red Buster Cat formula, you'll witness transformations like never seen before. Your cat will embrace individuality, property rights, and pursue the happiness of every bite. Say goodbye to collectivism, collective litter boxes, and hello to the dawn of capitalist catitude. <laughs> but wait, there's more. There's more, yeah. Red Buster Cat Food comes with a complimentary, complimentary uh, American flag collar that will make your cat the envy of every other feline on the block. Watch as they strut around with the confidence, ready to pounce on every red foe plot that dares to cross their path. Act now, and this all this will also include a custom-made boot of freedom feeding bowl. Your cat will embrace the old pick up yourself by the bootstraps mentality with every bite from this patriotic dish. So don't let your beloved furball fall prey to the temptations of communism. Feed them the delicious anti-communist nourishment they need. Red Buster cat food. Ignite the spirit of liberty in every whisker. Back to you, Barry. You know, I thought, I thought I'd heard it all when you said prevailing ideology. <laughs> I thought that was, and then you came on with this meowist business, and like, hey, I just read what's in front of me. I've support our sponsors, okay? If you want, to just buy this cat food and do it. I guess. Jesus. Okay, here we go. You ready for the? Yes, please. Now I'll get to the real cat. 
guess right. we have to go through that until we find a better way to fund the podcast, okay? That's it. That's it. All right. If you like this podcast, tell your friends. And if you hate this friends. podcast, tell everybody. Exactly. Back in the 1960s, back in the script, back in the 1960s, uh, one of the first animal activation projects uh, Bailey says he worked on was cats. Richard Dawkins, our friend in the atheist community, said that trying to get atheists... He's your to friend, not mine. Richard Dawkins, a friend of some in the atheist community, said that trying to get atheists to agree on anything is like herding cats. And cats are a metaphor for cavalier attitudes and resistance to organization. However, Bailey insisted it is absolutely not true that they cannot be trained. In fact, he said, we never found an animal we couldn't train. Challenge accepted, Ooh. right? Now, as right, I said above... Sure. Well, I mean... Think of an animal you can't train. But how many you can train? Well, one in one of these in one of the stories I didn't put into the podcast, he says he managed to train spiders. Sure, he did. He says he did. He said he he showed he explained how he did it because because it's not terribly interesting. I didn't put it in. He said you okay. you, shine a, you shine a light on the spider and blow on him, and he that creates when you when they when they feel the blowing because the web is threatened, they uh -huh. get a panic response, and eventually he got to the point where he was just shining the light and they panic. So it's just torturing spiders is what you're saying. Well, operant conditioning is essentially torture. <laughs> yeah. Any operant conditioning, right? Like even when you're doing this to yourself to help you be more productive or whatever, it's still a, a kind of torture. I, I don't know. I just, I don't like animals being fucked with, period, honestly. I, so like I, I have a little bit, yeah, I have a little bit of, uh, you know, disdain for this guy. No, I so mean, fair enough, that's yeah. That's fair. But um, you are going to hate the rest of this bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? There you go. Yeah. Um, as I said above, uh, the idea came from the CIA Directorate of Science and Technology. Now, according to the book Spycraft, which we also, which Seamus used as a source for the Jib show, mm -hmm. right? Um, written by Wallace, mentioned above, and H. Keith, Mel uh, H. Keith Melton, who was an intelligence historian who used to work for the Navy. The CIA wanted to bug a certain Asian prime minister. And I'm not telling you the name of this guy because they did not mention the name of this guy. They noticed that his cats just sort of wandered in and out of rooms where very sensitive meetings were being held. Uh, the theory, says Bailey, was that no one would pay attention to the comings and goings of a house cat, and it's not a bad theory. Uh, we found we could condition the cat to listen to voices, says Bailey. We have no idea how we did it, which, again, is flies in the face of operant conditioning, but we have yeah. Skinner, but whatever, right? Yeah. Working with Robin Michelson, who was one of the inventors of the human cochlear implant, they turned a cat oh. into a transmitter. Now, if you're sensitive about animal cruelty, you may want mm -hmm. to turn your ears in a different direction for a few minutes. In an hour-long procedure, a vet, a veterinary, a veterinary, a veterinary, a veterinary, a veterinarian, an animal doctor. This is just, <laughs> this is virulently all over again. Isn't it? I, I love that you're butchering words instead of me for once. That's all I'm gonna say. Never Go put ahead. a word in a podcast you can't pronounce. Right? This is the lesson I've refused to learn. In an hour-long procedure, an animal doctor implanted a microphone in the cat's ear canal a small radio transmitter at the base of his skull, and a thin wire running from the cat's inner ear to a battery and instrument cluster implanted into his rib cage. Jesus and Christ. Get a picture of RoboCat there. The cat's movements could be directed with ultrasonic sound, and it could record and transmit directly from its environment. Don't get used to this. I'm not going to mime every single thing I say, by the way. This is just okay. record and transmit directly from its environment. The first Acoustic Kitty mission was to listen to the conversation of two men in a park outside the Soviet embassy in Washington, D.C. The cat was deployed from a CIA van nearby, and according to Victor Marchetti, a former CIA officer, they slit the cat open, put batteries in, 
wired him up. The tail was used as antenna. They made him a monstrosity. They tested him and tested him. They found he would walk off the job when he got hungry, so they put another wire in to override that. And that's a, a wire I would like Christ. to make friends with myself. Finally, they're ready. This is all part of the quote, by the way. Finally, they're ready. They took it out to a park bench and said, listen to those two guys. Don't listen to anything else. Not the birds, no cat or a dog, just those two guys. They put him out of the van and a taxi came along and ran him over. <laughs> and there they were, sitting in the van with all those dials and the cat was dead. <laughs> right. It's like a it's fucking like, cartoon. It is like a cartoon. Very like a fucking cartoon, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Marchetti claims that this is what killed the Acoustic Kitty project, as well as killing that particular Acoustic Kitty. Wallace disagrees. Wallace says, um, the Acoustic Kitty was not killed by getting run over by a taxi, he said. According to him, the cat just wouldn't perform as instructed in general. <laughs> After the failure, the equipment was taken out of the cat, the cat was re-sewn for a second time, and lived a long and happy life afterwards. So that sounds to me like uh, that cat definitely sure. got run over by a taxi, right? Yeah. Like Wallace is, is leaning into that denial a little bit too heavily. I'm pretty sure that cat got run over by a taxi, and that was the yeah. end of the project, right? Yeah. Um, Which, with all, that, with all that money thrown out the window, too, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. It was more than $25,000, I can tell you that. Yeah. Right. If only we could do our own research. Uh, according to Bailey, all ABE records were destroyed in a fire in 1989, which sounds like classic CIA bullshit to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know, but like destroyed in a fire all the records when oopsie questions, daisies yeah oopsie daisies when that could be the bloody subtitle to our podcast as well oopsie daisies <laughs> when, when questioned by a journalist the cia said the fact of the existence or non-existence of requested records is currently improperly classified <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like that's like their go-to response that would, that would have been around 2010 ish right <laughs> so in 2010 ish the cia still regarded the information on this program the, the existence of files, even never mind the existence of the program, right. existence of any record of it at all, uh, as being properly classified, meaning the correct Jesus national Christ. security protocols are being observed. So you can only imagine what the hell is in, what the hell they were doing besides what I just described, right? Yeah, right. Therefore, everything we know about it, including everything in this podcast so far, is based on other people's opinions and memories. Like the, the project is not called Acoustic Kitty. This is just what happened over the years when people started explaining it. However, on the Wikipedia page for Acoustic Kitty. There is a link to the one CIA source that mentions the program. Bum, bum, bum. It is a heavily redacted document from 1967, the year the project was cancelled. This document was declassified in 2001, and we are presenting it here to you today in its entirety. And I'm going to read the whole thing. And I have chosen to fill the redacted spaces with meow meows. All right? <laughs> so here we go. Memorandum for meow meow. Subject, meow meow. Views on trained cats meow for meow meow use. One, our final examination of the trained cat's meow for meow use in the meow meow convinced us that the program would not lend itself in a practical sense to our highly specialized needs. Repeated checks on the state of training and equipment showed us that it was indeed possible to train meow 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 locations. We were not able to visualize meow 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 use for this technique under conditions that prevail meow meow. Two, we have satisfied ourselves that it is indeed possible. Meow, 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 meow. This is in itself a remarkable scientific achievement. Knowing that cats can indeed be trained to move short distances, meow, 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 meow. We see no reason to believe that a meow cat cannot be similarly trained to approach. Meow, 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 meow. 
Again, however, the environmental and security factors in using this technique in a real foreign situation forces us to conclude that for our meow purposes, it would not be practical. And a very odd third section here. The work done on this program over the years reflects great credit on the personnel who guided it, particularly Meow Meow, whose energy and imagination could be models for scientific pioneers. And I have to assume that's Bob Bailey. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, or as we call him now, Meow Meow, right? That's the whole document. That's the only official record the CIA Jesus have of the Acoustic Kitty project. And it doesn't even say anything about Acoustic Kitty, right? Um, the project was cancelled in 1967, as I said. Marchetti claims the entire project Acoustic Kitty cost about $20 million, which in 1960s was more money than that, right? $20 million is a lot of money. Um, as for Bailey, soon after he joined ABE, Keller Breland died, and Bailey basically took over the business. More than a decade later, he and Marion Breland got married. She died in 2001. But Bob Bailey is on Facebook if you want to talk to him. He's still there, and you can talk to him if you like, and he seems... He's still alive. alive. He's still alive, and he's on Facebook, and you can talk to him if you want, and he seems nice. Okay. That is my Acoustic Kitty script, my very natural-sounding Acoustic Kitty script. So how do you feel about that, Seamus? Disturbed. Uh, kind of like <laughs> the guy to the fuck off. Um, because he's hurting animals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Mm. Yeah, uh, you get a number to that cat, yeah. I probably should have researched this uh, after you said there's a guy that was involved in the dolphin project that eventually like went nuts on drugs and shit. Oh, uh, the same project Bailey was on? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, and he ends up uh, experimenting more with the dolphin as far as like mm. he has a dolphin uh, in See, a... Uh, no, but uh, he has an assistant that basically does. Uh, literally, oh, I think you know I heard about that, yeah, yeah, it's mm -hmm. really messed up. Uh, I'm not going to get into that because okay, know. the CIA implications of that are minimal. Yeah, exactly. Mm, but so. it's funny. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's fucking crazy. Okay, crazy. Then I guess man. um, good job. I guess I we're moving on to the, the next portion, which is uh, Delilah. What's new? I picked the wrong Tom Jones song. Yeah, it's also a Johnny Cash song, isn't it? Delilah. I think so. First time I, I shot know her. It's Delilah song. I only know Tom, Tom Jones. <laughs> this is a part of the show we do every 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 show. Just before every podcast, I put CIA into Google and hit the news tab. And Seamus puts FBI into Google and hits the news tab. And then we pick two or three stories we think might be interesting or funny. We have not told each other what these stories are, so we're hearing them for the first time, just like you. Okay, Seamus, you go first with your FBI business. All right. Uh, so apparently the FBI is reopening their case against Julian Assange. Oh, come on. Uh, yep, really? Cite uh, Australian pressure to do to, to not do so. I uh, don't really have much other details on it because a lot of the stuff I was trying I to do. So that, that, that implies well. that they closed their case against him at some point, doesn't it? Y you would think, right? But I don't know. It's hard to say. It's a lot of chicanery yeah. there, too, right? <laughs> Uh, the we talked about this in another episode at the, the possible um, new headquarters for the FBI. Yeah. Well, now uh, they're trying to hold up the funding all the, all the you know together. Who's trying to hold up the funding? Uh, Congress. Oh, Congress. Okay. Yeah. We which might, enough yeah, which might be part of uh, the fact that the per a uh, oversight committee about uh, all this surveillance stuff that we've already kind of reported on. Yeah. Uh, and the stuff with uh, January 6th, Black Lives Matter, all that stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, 
they have uh, you know subpoenaed uh, the head of the uh, the FBI as also part you know, trying to get some documents and stuff. And at this oh. point, they're, they're refusing. The FBI refused the documents. They were refusing a subpoena, a congressional oh, subpoena. So that is a federal issue. Yeah, so it might get kind of interesting. They're talking That's about be uh, contempt and shit. So yeah. Hmm. Now, uh, the other story. I'm going to read two different headlines. This might play a role in a future episode, uh, but the FBI is reporting that they're opening up uh, Chinese spy investigations, claiming. Uh, that there are Chinese folks uh, posing as tourists trying to gain access to uh, government facilities and military oh, wow. bases. Now, this that. is on the same date that this, uh, and I believe there are also like Fox affiliates, if you will, um, that are reporting this, although it's Yahoo News. Uh, so that one, and then this other one is FBI opens new Chinese espionage case every 12 hours. So every 12 hours, they're looking into somebody new. Wow. Well, there's a lot of people in China. So well, if, here, they here. New, <laughs> if they open a new espionage case every 12 hours for every person in China, how many years would it take before they got to a billion people? <laughs> right. Matt, can, anybody in the, can anybody in the chat do the math there? There's a billion people in China, oh. and they open one case every 30, what, every 24 hours? Yep. Okay, every oh, 24 hours. Yeah. Work it out. Yep. So... Um, but, but again, it's just another case of uh, profiling at this point. So. Yeah, but they're specifically targeting Chinese people, so I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's profiling so much as directly targeting there's Chinese so, people. There's so much saber-rattling for China right now. Mm. It's just unreal. It's fucking unreal. Well, it's on the news and shit. Like CNN, they have some reporter getting into a military plane. I don't know if you yeah. saw this. And they fly, they fly into you know the freaking air zone of China Mm. And then some warplanes of China come up. Mm. Natural response, right? What does the reporter do? We have surrounded. We don't know why. Are you that mm. fucking stupid? Do you think we're that fucking stupid? You fly into another country's in a yeah. military vehicle? Oh, just to explain to people, if you see my camera blurring every so often, that's yeah, not yeah. um that's not a camera problem. I actually do that in reality. Yeah, right. I am slowly disassociating and then getting myself back together again, so don't worry about it. Um, that's going part to be interesting matrix, for my, part for of the my, matrix breaking down, right? For my CIA links, that's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Do you have more FBI stuff? Nope, that's all. Sir. Oh, okay, then I will tell you my CIA. Now, my first CIA link is CIA chief made secret trip to China. Dum dum dum. Yes, CIA director Bill. And you remember uh, over the last few podcasts, yep. almost all of my CIA bits have involved Bill Burns going to a country he probably shouldn't be, right? He's on CIA a tour. Director Bill Burns traveled to China last month, a clandestine visit by one of President Joe Biden's most trusted officials that signals how concerned the White House has become about deteriorating relations between Beijing and Washington. So that's something mm. that relates directly to your yep. link. Um, and the second link I have is uh, Shin Bet Chief in Washington for talks with US officials fearful of PA collapse, meaning the Palestinian Authority. Yeah. The head of the Shin Bet Security Agency was in Washington on Thursday for meetings with senior American officials amid growing US concern over the security situation in the West Bank and the deterioration of the Palestinian Authority, right? Now, this tells you a lot of things. The two, Shin Bet is the security agency. They're the organization in charge of torturing Palestinian prisoners. Shin Bet, they're called, right? The guy in charge of that organization is in Washington talking to Americans about um, the Palestinian Authority. Yeah. Everybody's invited to this meeting except the Palestinians. And that's been a hallmark of Israeli-Palestinian relations. The Israelis and the Americans will have high-level meetings 
and then they will present what they've decided to the Palestinians and say, if you don't accept it, why don't you want peace? These are animals. Look, they don't want peace. They won't take the deal we're offering them. But Roger Waters is Roger Waters is the problem, Barry. Roger Waters, yeah, he's anti-Semitic, right? Yeah, yeah. Those crazy. are my CIA links. What the fuck? Hmm. Oh, speaking of, that's I think that's our yeah, show. Yeah, right? yeah, what the fuck? Hmm. Yeah, we almost called that uh, called the show this. So we did. We went through a number of, and and we both, uh, myself and Seamus, both. Will I show them what I did? Yeah, sure, do it. Okay. Yeah. I'll be back in a second. This was the original plan. Okay, hold on. Go ahead. This was the original plan for the podcast. I also had one of these. Oh. And I wanted to have a, a sort of a, an American flag design behind me. And I got that green screen specifically so I could superimpose an American flag onto it. But then uh, it turned out to chunk the connection too much. So I just went, I said, fuck it, green screen on its own will have to do, right? And then you couldn't see this. But I did get one. We yeah. both got one. That was the original plan. But uh, well, now we have this plan, and this is the plan we're doing now. To kind of incorporate the two. Yeah. In a little thing. You yeah. get this on Red uh, Redbubble. Yes. Do you remember how much time and effort we spent into figuring out like the name and the yeah. design and all this stuff? Man, it just seems so long ago now. <laughs> yeah. Here we are, episode 14. So mm. 14, of course, is a number sacred to the Navajo people. Is it really? What's well, it? I just made that up, but oh, might okay. be. Okay. I don't know. Sounds reasonable. Hmm. So that's our show. Alrighty, folks. Uh, Thanks like for joining us and join us next week. What do we have? Do we know what's going to do next week? Our next show now? No, I do not yet. Uh, well, then we will all be surprised yeah. by the next show. Good luck, everybody. See you, everybody.